I would love for you to like contemplate between which players you're going to draft throughout this podcast. That would be amazing. Do I really think I can take Sabine in the third? Oh, I could probably get her in the fifth. <laughs> Honestly, you need a value pick. And I would take Hu Yang much earlier in the draft. Oh, My yeah. dude is a survivor. <laughs> Second round. I would say Sabine is a strong flex Jedi. Ahsoka's a starter. For sure. <laughs> I don't know. Balin's like RB1, dude. For sure. That's top tier talent. <laughs> He's a unit. He's an absolute unit. Three, two, Prepare one. For Punch it, Chewie. <laughs> Welcome to Holocron Hoopla. 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 The unofficial podcast of a galaxy far, 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 far away. <laughs> we're going to new galaxies this week as we're here to discuss Ahsoka Part 4, Fallen Jedi. What an absolutely incredible episode of Star Wars television. My goodness. Banger. So much insanity going on as we catch up again with Sabine and Ahsoka on their quest to stop the bad guys from using their secret little map to escape off to his separate galaxy and bring back Thrawn. We got so much to discuss. So, of course, I got to introduce the wonderful Hoopla Krupla, who joins me every single week on the Hoopla podcast, starting with the lore master, Andy Smith. Hey, Jamie. Andy Smith here, connoisseur of many nerdy things. DC Marvel, Lord of the Rings, and Star Wars. It's true. Hu Yang is a survivor, and my guy can box. He can okay? box. I, he can fix ships. Hu he Yang can destroy versus ships. General Grievous. I'm I'm waiting for this fan. <laughs> what if I love make it happen? That you get what two if? droids fighting each other, and they just punch each other in the metal chest plate over and over again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Bunch of clash and clankers. Uh, speaking of clash and clankers, though, we got everybody's favorite droid. It's C three Pio, Chris Pio in the building. Hey guys, Chris back here. So stoked to be talking about episode four and the halfway point through Ahsoka. Let's get into our thoughts. Uh, pretty good episode. Excited to talk it over with the Krupla. And of course, every week we have a very special guest on the Hoopla podcast. This week joining us, it's a long lost friend. Someone we didn't think would ever be returning to the Hoopla podcast, but here he is. Out of nowhere, surprising us from uh, the world between worlds. That's where he was. It's Jake Laxer. <laughs> ah, I'm back. Surprise. It's, is this like a back to the future situation? Doc, you know, I don't Marty. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Are you dead? Are you alive? I, I don't know. I might be dead. I might be alive. I, I might be. Here we are. We're just in out of space and time. <laughs> I, I'm in the void. Anyhow, Jake Laxer here, lover of all things TV and movies. Happy to be talking about part four, part four, <laughs> and we're going to be uh, crashing into this episode one wave at a time. Uh, let's dive into it and let's get moving and grooving. Such a great episode. Can't wait to talk all about it. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Holocron Hoopla to hear about this incredible episode of Ahsoka. As always, you can stay up to date with everything we're doing on the Hoopla podcast by following us on all the social medias. Chris, where can they find us? You can find us online at Hoopla Podcasts cross-platform. You're going to find us on X, 
find us on Instagram, and now you can find us on TikTok. Definitely follow us over there for a little behind-the-scenes actions, maybe clips from episodes. Things are going on online. So make sure to follow us at Hoopla Podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts, theories, and opinions halfway through Ahsoka. Wow. Making the official name change away from Twitter. Officially calling it X. I, I thought it was a little kind of a joke for wow. a while, and it's, it's apparently sticking, so might as well be truth to the name. All <laughs> right. X it up, everybody. Find us on X. X at us, or well, I don't know what they say. Uh, <laughs> it's a post. It's not a tweet. It's, it's a, a post. post. It's a post now. Is that is that official? Oh wow! This is this is all too confusing. I don't post know what's going X on. Us. We would love to hear from you. You can either X at us or you can leave us a review and a rating on whatever podcast app you're listening to. We love seeing those, and it's helpful to help other people find the show. There are so many people out here watching Star Wars. Bring them all in. Let them hear what we have to say. Uh, Another way you can support the show is checking out our sweet merchandise we got. Andy, where can they go for that? Hey, go check out the merch at hooplapodcastnetwork.square.site where we got our holocron hoopla gear ready to go. We have a little man on our our (laughs) mug named Luke Skywalker, not Merrick. (laughs) Confirmed. He is not not Merrick. Confirmed Luke Skywalker is not Merrick. Yes. But if you Maybe. actually if you look at the inside of the mug, there is a little picture of Merrick uh, because it's it's nothing. It's invisible. It's a ghost. Ah, so that's a little Easter egg on the inside. <laughs> and and with that, we should do a little eulogy music for our favorite Sith Not Inquisitor. Not so fast, friend. Or is it a force projection? <laughs> None of us know yet. Could still be alive. I know. There, or the is the possibility is there. Night Sisters magic. Eulogy music and theory music in the is intro possible. of the pod. Oh my god, we got so <laughs> theory, much to discuss. Eulogy music. Just intertwine it. Uh, so we're going to get all these theories together and bring them to you right after this quick break. And we're back. That was fun. <laughs> All right. So, of course, this this episode was incredible. We had so much going on with Ahsoka and Sabine. As we left off, they were lost in the woods. Their ship was broken. Hu Yang's trying to fix the ship, and they're still trying to stop the bad guys from solving this map um, and finding their way to the next galaxy to get Grand Admiral Thrawn. So, as we begin our discussion. Should we just throw all chronology out the window and just dive into the finale of this episode? Because it was incredible. Or do you guys, would you prefer to build our way up to this incredible ending of the episode? <laughs> Let's build. I'm going to vote build because yeah. the episode did a really good job of building suspense. I think that's one thing yeah. that we've been lacking in the previous three. Uh, it was kind of, up to this point, it was kind of just fact collection and you know past relationships coming to a head uh i think this was the first episode where we finally got you know some actual stakes some actual suspense so i say let's let it build let's go start to end here all right let's let it build because we do start out with they're hiding in the woods they of course are going to get found we know they're going to get found otherwise this would be a boring episode the droids come <laughs> in there's a bit of a droid fight with hu yang punching other droids and then of course sabine and ahsoka easy peasy are able to take out the droids 
which was cool. I mean, are we ready to gloss over how cool that that battle scene was? I know it only that lasted battle like scene was awesome. 20 it, seconds. We, but. we saw, you know, Ahsoka with Mando in season two of Mando. Yes. They were a great duo. Even better, Sabine and Ahsoka. And that is what we were missing of their relationship seeing them working together and what they could be. You know, we started off the season a little uh, tonally, a little sad. It's a little dour. We never got to know what would that team be like. And right. Hu Yang said it. He said, you're better together. True. Which alludes to a lot in Star Wars. Classic split up. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. They split up, of course, foreshadowing, and all of a sudden everything goes to shit. That's how it goes. But in the best possible way. Everything goes to Sith. Oh, what was your favorite <laughs> move, Chris, in the in the the battle there? Oh, I, I'm a sucker for a, a drag and slice yes. combo. Yes. Uh, any any far reaching ability that will pull in to close combat for me, that is just a number one move. Uh, the Jedi use the Force, obviously, to do that from time to time. You can do that in all the video games, bring an enemy closer and then slice them up. But to see them tag team on that that move, that was so cool. What's the only, you know, Star Wars character that can really take on a Jedi? It's a Mandalorian. Yeah. They reminded us that Sabine is a Mandalorian. And that's how she's standing up to Shin a little bit later in the episode, too. She doesn't need the Force. Right. She has the gadgets. She has the the action, the techno force, the athletic skills, the techno force. Exactly. And not only was this battle scene very cool, but it was just a quick reminder that Sabine yeah. is a fighter. I mean, we haven't really seen her be in action except one time when she was back at her home base and she got attacked. She was really just defending herself. Now she's fully geared out, Mandalorian armored, looking mm -hmm. good. She's got the gadgets, like you said. So it was a good reminder before we get the battle later on. Where's her jetpack, though? I said that twice during this episode. <laughs> she needs her jetpack. She does need her full equipment layout. Yeah. Before we gloss over it way too far, I want to point out to the fact that Hu Yang, uh, compared to all of our other Ooh. assistant droids that we've seen in Star Wars, probably would not have been able to hold their own against this. I'm going to call it a battle droid. I don't know the term for it. Maybe. Sure. Jedi historian. I think, an HK, an a, I think it was an HK unit. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Oh, thank whatever, you. nerd. <laughs> I got him. Uh, he's boom, boom, boom roasted. Uh, anyhow. Um, actually, it was an HK version 2. HK assassin unit, Jake. <laughs> Thank you, Andor. Now shut your mouth. That's a shout out to my brother. He wants you to have that nickname. Anyhow, uh, moving right Ooh. along. Yeah, Andor. I like that. Yeah. Um, so moving right along, my point is no other droid that we've seen, maybe K2SO would be able to hold his own in sort of close combat mm. situations. But this situation was awesome because this is a combat training droid. So for him to be able to like at least yeah. survive through this, obviously oh, he was the point. one... He was the one that got bested, but to see this sort of, you know, conflict resolve and him staying alive, I really appreciated that decision. I, I was thinking about the same thing where Hu Yang, they said, they, they said that he's trained thousand generations of Jedi. How does one droid survive? And he said seven, he had 70% of his parts remaining. Well, he can fight. So that's how he survived the Empire. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's a great point. He can fight, but he can't do anything when he gets his mouth covered by a metallic hand. He loses all <laughs> ability to make noise that's true. if a robot that's true. puts his hand over his speaker hole. <laughs> you know what? That's hilarious. <laughs> we, um, you guys mentioned the, the bit of the conversation where Hu Yang told Ahsoka and Sabine 
not to get separated from each other. We also have a conversation with Ahsoka and Sabine, and Hu Yang might be a part of that conversation too, at the beginning of this episode where they discuss what might have to happen. If they are able to get to the get to the map and, and stop Balin and Chin and the witch, stop them from, from doing their thing, Ahsoka says to Sabine, hey, we might have to destroy this and end any hope of getting your friend back. And Sabine, you know, she kind of accepts what Ahsoka's saying, but you can tell that she's really not into it. And these two conversations that we had of don't get separated and, you know, we might have to leave your friend behind uh, mm-hmm. come into play big time in the rest of this episode. Yeah, uh, that's an excellent bit of foreshadowing right there. I think, you know, if you're coming in as someone who hasn't watched Rebels and Clone Wars, then you you might not understand Sabine's main motivations. And they are kind of changing in this show. Just, you know, they're adapting the character to fit the live action as well as the the natural story progression. But I think Sabine is kind of, uh, you know, after losing the whole Mandalorian family and not really having a place in the galaxy... And then finding the rebels, I think it's going to be incredibly hard. And as we saw, cheating ahead a little bit, it's impossible for her to give up the opportunity to relocate Ezra Bridger. So it was a great bit of foreshadowing. And yeah, it definitely did come into play, Jamie. Good point. With them making such an emphasis on, you know, the loss of Mandalore, not not only with the Mandalorian show, but also now Ahsoka. And I think they've probably extended that into other content as well. Do you think we will see some degree of footage at any point of the Purge, including both Mando and Sabine? I think that could be possible. Oh, uh... Like, theoretically, they that is something they like might the explore Empire in the Siege of Mandalore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the only thing we've ever seen is, like, the bombing of the surface level. Yeah. Correct. And that was briefly and, and, shown in Mandalorian. That's a good question. Um, I mean... That'd be great to explore. For any of our... For any extra credit earners out there, you can go and watch <laughs> the entirety of Clone Wars and wait for about season four, five, and six, where that really comes into play. But that's a good point, Jake. I, I don't yeah. know if we're going to see that. You know I, what I do really appreciate that they don't bring up in Mandalorian that is a key to Ahsoka's character. You know, they lost. Uh, she was a part of the the Siege of Mandalore, and they lost Mandalore. And yeah. he and Balin refers back to that. And that's something that happened, what, 30 years ago at this point, 20 years ago. But it's still in the back of, and not that we're trying to jump to the very end of the episode, but it's still <laughs> we're in building. Sabine's we're mind. Building. We're building. <laughs> we're building. They just had the, the foreboding music, uh, the foreshadowing. So we knew Sabine was going was gonna to turn here. But did, question, did you guys buy that? Was that like, did, did you like that interaction? Did you, her choice, did that seem like Sabine to you? Because I've seen some conflicting reviews on that online like would she make that choice for ezra based on what we know Mm. of her character and that's something that even myself upon a second rewatch i enjoyed it the first rewatch that didn't really seem like something she would do sabine is so crafty she would have some sort of she would take one of her gadgets shoot the map off the the side of the mountain like i thought that's what was gonna happen if i can comment as someone who doesn't know much about sabine's character Mm. aside from these four episodes sure Balin's skull made quite the argument there. He was a very convincing Mm -hmm. little bad guy in this episode. (laughs) He's so good. What a great Balin Skull episode from oh, God. his interactions mm-hmm. with the witch at the beginning where you can see that he had some fear knowing that Ahsoka was coming and the witch even makes fun of him for it. And which is interesting to have like the big bad guy, this, I guess, technically not Sith, but close to Sith, right. who isn't just 
overcome with ego, thinking he's the most powerful guy in the world, that no one can even come near him, to have a little bit of fear in him, and then to see that play out when Ahsoka Experience. shows up, mm-hmm. and then to have that uh, conversation that he had with Sabine at the end where he convinces her to not join the dark side, I guess, but join the side of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, There's we, so much we can learn from this character. He's so good. Oh, yeah. my God. Look, a- absolutely. I mean, I, shout I, out to Ray Stevenson. Sh- top I mean, five oh, Star Wars villains. If you can, I mean, you can call him a villain because he's clearly a villain, but he's almost an, he's a complex villain in that we don't have a complex villain with Palpatine necessarily or Vader. It's like when you go evil, right. you just go all in right. in Star Wars. But he's, he's an I ideologist. He's, he's honorable. Yeah. He's like kind of yeah. honorable. Yep. Yeah, he, he's definitely complex. Yeah, the most evil thing that, that he and Shin have done yet is, is you know, first board that ver, ver, first episode, board that ship and just, I don't know, blindly murder a couple people. But I mean, it, eh. it, it, there was a goal behind it. They had to free mm-hmm. Morgan, free the witch, and, and you know, it wasn't just reaping chaos to, to, to have chaos. It was an objective. So I love Balin as a villain. Honestly, I, I think probably one of the better Star Wars villains in a long, long time. And I'm mm-hmm. talking even like main episodes. Yeah. Uh, just far too short of screen time up till this point. And, and again, we talk about building. We're building, building, building. He had one line last episode. Ray Stevenson was underused up until this point, And then he was used perfectly oh my god it was so nice oh should we go back or should we keep yeah where are we where are we i could could talk about balin for about 30 minutes well let's catch up so sabine and ahsoka and and hu yang eventually does you know get the ship fixed and makes contact to Hera. but there's things going on in the forest and they're pretty cool things if i do say so myself pretty cool laser sword fights what do you think jakey (laughs) yeah i enjoyed the combat in these scenes um we see merrick uh, get killed or did he or her we don't know who it could be it could yeah. be anyone i'm still on board no with one. kanan bionic kanan um but but <laughs> if it's bionic not him kanan? kick him out kick him out <laughs> but Wait, if wasn't it's, your th- your theory last episode it, it was, was bionic kanan? bionic kanan um and i was hoping that we would get like a, a sort of a face reveal this episode unfortunately that did not happen but he got Thanos snapped away. Well, you saw all the electrical wires come flying out of him. So <laughs> it was yeah. definitely yeah. bionic of some sort. You saw the sparks See? And, the, See? and the digital matrix style code come flying now, out of his now body. Now just wait till you see his face. <laughs> just wait for the reveal. <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, we see him get Thanos snapped away, and then all of a sudden, you know, we see the main fight, that title fight that we've been looking for. <laughs> title fight, like UFC. Um, but we see the title fight. It was a title fight. <laughs> it, was, it was a title fight. Ah, no! <laughs> <laughs> we got Baylor! Yeah. Um, and so being able to see those two uh, sort of, you know, go at it was, was awesome. Uh, I mean, the combat between, you know, the air kicks and the flips, and it was just so fun to watch. And in contrast of one another, they're so different. All three of the fights. Oh right? yeah, you have you have Shin and and uh, and Sabine, and they're fighting in their own way in that kind of apprentice method, where she, you know, Sabine's using her 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 armor, etc. And then you have Merrick, who just gets completely owned by Ahsoka in a very similar way, I would say, to. Uh, Maul getting owned by Obi-Wan. Yes. By the wise by the wise Jedi. Lastly, I have to say one thing That's about Merrick. Exactly right. You 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 brought up uh Bionic Kanan. This 
definitely not bionic cannon but <laughs> what was super interesting is the he it looked like merrick was reanimated in some way by yeah. night sister yeah. magic we've mm-hmm. seen that in clone yep. wars before when when savage oppress maul's brother dies that same witch magic kind of is relinquished so how does a sith inquisitor that was maybe reanimated by night sisters as a part of this group like what is this character i don't know but all i can tell you is this character is blind and is force wielding and so is kanan Next point. Moving right along. <laughs> oh, um, it's confirmed. I'll give you the blind connection. <laughs> thank there might you, be something thank there, you. but it's thank not. You. I will take that. Only Jake would see his theory be confirmed wrong and still <laughs> fight for it. <laughs> I do want to point out the one moment in uh, the in the clash between Shin and Sabine. We get a little force face push. Um, I don't know if either of you or any of y'all picked up on that, but she no, turned her that was head be my no, no. to the fake. right. I that don't was, know that it was fake. I think that was very much intentional. This yes. was my favorite part of the episode. Yes, One of my thank favorite you. Parts of the oh, thank you, Jim. Because Please elaborate. She didn't use the force. Shin flinched. That was a flinch from Shin. Yeah. And yes, then yeah. since Sabine doesn't have force powers, she still got her with the bang Mando blaster, which I thought was awesome. Using her own hilarious. strengths. That was great. That was you brilliant. Know, she still hopes that she can get in th- in touch with the force, in tune with the force, and use that power that she wants to become a Jedi. But when that fails, she's still a badass Mandalorian. I do want to go back and rewatch that scene, though, because it does seem as though she used the force, then attempts like unintentionally almost upon accident and then she uses it again and realizes she can't do that because she's not capable of utilizing the force correctly yet oh you're thinking there was a previous force attempt yeah i i'm saying there was a previous force attempt to turn head face accidentally and then when she actually intentionally tried to turn like or push her away it did not work because she's not capable of utilizing the force correctly I recommend go back, rewatch it, put your comments into it in Twitter, X, whatever. Post at us. Post at us. Jakey. I don't think you want the people coming at you with that one. I do. I do. Dude, I'm on the other page, man. That is that's a no from me, dog. There is no force there whatsoever. It was Shin bracing herself for an incoming force push, obviously, but then she realized, oh wait, there's no force here. Which is a brilliant you're right. It's a brilliant moment, Chris, from the writing team because we all thought it. We all thought it. Oh, here we go. We thought that she wasn't going to be force sensitive. And then two episodes later, she's force sensitive. Uh, It goes at the slow roll to then build to what we need. And maybe she never will be force sensitive. And that would make an even more interesting Jedi character. Agreed. Andrew, what's your favorite thing about Star Wars? You say it all the time. Hmm. It rhymes. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, that is true. Podcast host Supreme Jamie has you covered there. Considering you. you don't remember your favorite What's thing. What's your second favorite thing? <laughs> Shiny swords. Star, Star Wars rhymes. It's poetry. Not only was this fight in the forest, but that's besides the point. Oh my this God, fight I love this. was a perfect, perfect, perfect rhyme with the Ray fight against yes. Kylo in Force Awakens. This is an 
a young, unexperienced, potentially force-sensitive person who's barely picked up a lightsaber. But here's the difference. The the Ray saga and arc happened so fast over the three movies with really no plan to kind of turn her into a character other than she's the focal point. Let's make her a superhero. Yeah, she did some training. Yeah, she had some mentors, but none of that really matters. This is different in the sense that, yes, Sabine may be Force-sensitive. Sure, she may be a Jedi someday, but she's not, and they do not fake it. They give you that little tease as to say, oh, yeah, she's trying to use the Force, but then she relies on her Mandalorian culture, her own personality, what she knows is the gadgets, and, and, and everything about that is just perfect. Star Wars rhymes. And in this case, it was same, different stanza, same, same rhyming scheme. I don't know. I don't know poetry. <laughs> but, uh, Neither it do was, I. But it was so cool, and I loved the way that they played it. It was just a, 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 a not, I don't want to say clunky fight, because obviously, you know, they're both trained in dueling, but like, it just wasn't as glorious and glamorous as some of the other, you know, Jedi versus Jedi or Jedi versus Sith. This was very obviously supposed to end with her using her gadgets to get away. It was never going to end well. Yeah. Great weapon set by Sabine. Again, I do recommend going back to rewatch that scene because no, her, do not give her, her intense, time for this. Her intent to use the force showed that she is not capable of using it. And that's why I love the initial decision. Moving right along. Hmm. Yes. Well, wait, we that's agree. different. Yeah. That's you said she comment. did use the force. Unintentionally. That hence no. the face push. <laughs> and then when she tried oh. to actually Hoopla. use it. Hoopla. All right, we'll move along. I, <laughs> I'm harping on this, but go Let's back and rewatch it. We got, we got Jake flip-flopping all over the place. He can't make up his mind. He still <laughs> thinks the dead guy is the other dead guy. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Star Wars is crazy. We got worlds between worlds. I mean, anything is possible. We got galaxies between galaxies. We got evil little witches finally converting their secret map into uh, a digitized version of the map so that they can set their hyperspace engines to the right place so that they don't end up uh, just in the middle of nowhere and die. I do appreciate a classic Star Wars scene where they, uh, it's the the monitor is like slowly yeah. ticking up over time yeah. to eventually get to a hundred where something devastating will happen. And it yeah. happened. Uh-oh, uh-oh, don't charge up the it Death Star. It felt so cinematic. It was wonderful. It was, it was, it, it was very cinematic. And R.I.P. to the X-Wing fighters um, that yeah. that were killed in action. Phoenix Squadron. Yes, poor Phoenix Squadron. Um, yeah. It was great to see the ghost uh, for all you Rebels fans out there. That was that was outstanding Ooh, to see that ship again absolutely. for the second time following Rogue One and and Episode Nine. Uh, oh wait, no, I got it. Oh, sorry, I beat you to mine. it. Yep, Exegol. But, but I knew you had it. I knew you had it. Exegol. Yeah, that was Exegol. I had it. Yep. The fighters. R.I.P. That was really cool. I think it just it shows that there are stakes in this universe. I mean, I've always been, when you watch Star Wars and you see them in their little cockpits and then you have these giant Star Destroyers by comparison what are shooting turbo lasers and cannons and all that, it's like, how come we don't see more deaths in those little X-Wings? Hmm. And finally we saw one when, when Morgan, when it's charging up and then Morgan's just like, ignore it blast off to hyperspace and then they do that was so <laughs> cool on a windshield. Uh, they do. and we saw some pretty 
I want to say gruesome, maybe the wrong word, but pretty explosive deaths, pun intended. I mean, definitely yeah. out of out of uh, <laughs> like it was that was definitely not consistent with the remainder of the show was the way that they died, which was just incredible. Like that looked yeah. like it would have been on a, the big screen. Like it was a beautiful sequence. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars is at its best when there's suspense and stakes. True. And Cassie and Andor. <laughs> that, that, that is actually mm. true. <laughs> when is Andor going to show up in this show? I've been wondering for four episodes now. <laughs> if only. Andor is still swimming away from prison, and he's going to catch up with Ahsoka in the middle of the ocean. They're on the same planet, I assume, right? Yeah. All, all of Star Wars happens on the same planet. It's Tatooine. But as awesome as that fight was with Ahsoka and Balin Skull, just a, another classic fight. Incredible. Um, mm-hmm. The scenery of that was impeccable. Yes. Yeah. Scenery was beautiful, and the ending was incredible as well, as uh, Ahsoka does make it to the map. But instead of, do they not have softball in the in the Star Wars world? <laughs> that thing was teed up perfectly for Ahsoka to just come flying in and blast it into the ocean. But yeah. instead, she picks it up and it burns her hand. I wonder if that's going to come into play, Indiana Jones style. Yeah, uh, get the key burned into your. <laughs> also, palm. Lucasfilm. Also, Lucasfilm. There you go. Yep. Ooh, it's all coming together. Yeah. But she's unable to destroy the map. And then Balin gets the best of her and she falls to her death. Wink, wink. (laughs) She falls into the world between worlds, which you guys have been talking about leading up to this all season, which I don't really know anything about the world between worlds. But as soon as we saw those transitions happening, that that beautiful shot from the water into the close-up of Ahsoka's face. I knew it. You guys knew it. The world knew it. What was your reactions when it was confirmed that Ahsoka was in the world between worlds? Uh, Oh my God, they're doing this. I I literally stood up and said, oh, fuck yeah. Pardon my hoopla. Hoopla. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hoopla. Hoopla. I was, I'm pretty sure I arm pumped as well. Oh wow! I that's that's what I did. I did an Owen Wilson. Oh wow! 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 <laughs> yeah, I was so stoked to see it. I, I I we don't know how. We don't know what. We don't know anything about it. But we 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 can make a fair assumption that that is indeed the world between worlds. And all the Rebels fans across the universe have rejoiced uh, to finally see the the fruits and the labors of Dave Filoni's creations make it to the big screen. The, the sub the the sub Star Wars version. The the Dave Filoni verse has come to fruition with one of the outside of the Mortis kind of arc, the one of the most mystical parts of the Star Wars universe. And I commend like Kathleen Kennedy and all of yeah like Lucasfilm for actually allowing them to go down this path because this is not main episode type mysticism from Star Wars. This is like very in depth like lore. And I just loved, like, uh, we always say it, the world building. They, they're just building out the galaxy for all of these different shows so well. And they went to kind of the nth degree of how, you know, crazy Star Wars can really get. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, Jim, what your, what your thought of seeing this? I know, you know, you've been in pod, so you've been enlightened in terms of this whole <laughs> void, abyss, limbo uh, that we're now currently in. What is what are your thoughts? My main thought that I had while watching the episode was that I was upset that we didn't get to see Ahsoka's 
death or mm. exactly what happened. Mm. I'm not a huge fan of the fact that we had this fall off a cliff, wake up in the world between worlds. I would have liked mm. to see, as cool as that transition scene was, beautiful cinematography there. Yeah, but I would have dying. loved to see Absolutely. either Ahsoka crash against the rocks and die and then wake up in this like afterlife heaven thing. Or I would like to see her get rescued, um, pulled into the world between worlds rather than dying. Because I don't really like how ambiguous it is right now. Coming yeah. from someone who who has no idea what the world between worlds mm. is, is Ahsoka dead and this is uh, Jedi heaven or <laughs> is she still alive but just in a different uh, place? And I guess we also have that same question with Anakin who shows up, oh, Darth Vader. Hoopla! Oh, when does this happen in his timeline? My, my three comments here is snips. Annie, yeah. Vader theme? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie, that's a, a, a fantastic point because I, I think we talked about this maybe in episode one of our Soka review. I think I brought up the world between worlds and we kind of talked about how it maybe wasn't re- necessarily relevant just yet. We didn't really know the plot of the show. And now that we're seeing it here in episode four, uh, you know, not to say that we validated it or, or called it or anything. I think it was just kind of Dave Filoni's vision, and we maybe guessed at it. When we first saw the world between worlds, uh, Ahsoka did actually get pulled through some sort of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey thing and, and was saved from an encounter that unfortunately led to her actual death. So that's a good point in maybe it's just easier to do in animation and get away with. But now that they have gone full on world between worlds, I agree with you. I would have liked to see how that happened. Uh, and was it Anakin? Did it just kind of happen? I don't know. Perhaps the, that's yeah. the intent. Because yeah, maybe, maybe at some point we will see how that transition actually occurred. As we know in Rebels... There are a lot more connections to the world between worlds, um, and there likely was some additional action involved here. Um, maybe y'all can speak to that a little bit more than I can, but... I mean, I think in the first, the next episode, I think they need to quickly explain to the audience what said place is, because that would mm-hmm. be, right now, I think to the general audience, this is Jedi heaven. This it, it, it looks like it looks like Jedi heaven. Yeah. You see a younger version of of Anakin Skywalker that you see as a Force ghost in in Return of the Jedi. Uh, so you, they need to give some explanation there. But I have a few theories that that is not Anakin Skywalker. Oh, and hit me. Maybe maybe. Maybe it is Anakin Skywalker, but it's the the dark side version of Anakin Skywalker. Uh, that hence they the Vader gave theme. us the, the Vader theme. They gave us a Vader theme cue, not Anakin Skywalker's Clone Wars or Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones theme music. It there's something off with this character, and he also you know it is CGI like they did de-age yeah Hayden uh, Christians Hayden Christensen's face a bit, but he also didn't look like the force ghost version that was his good side from return of the jedi there's something going on here and this next episode is going to be very interesting i saw it's 51 minutes it's dave dave filoni is directing this episode oh shit and they are putting it in select theaters that's true theatrical release yes no way you can go see so, it in this. It's going to be big. Wow. It's going to be big. I think that's Yo, great. I would actually pay to see that. 
I, I think see that. you can. I might. Maybe. Depending on how select these theaters are. <laughs> <laughs> Go to New York. Andy, in, in your comments, uh, you know, you mentioned that third one, the, the Vader theme, right at the end. Mm. And when I'm watching it's for the so first distinct. time, I so always distinct. watch with captions. Not my ideal viewing experience, but, you know, as we go on the pod, you want to make sure you understand everything that's happening. And so before it really mm. kicked in, I saw the caption, you know, in parentheses, how they do with music or sounds, Vader theme plays. And I was like, oh, man, something Ooh. is not right here. So you're exactly correct. I don't know if this is like a in the midst of episode three, Anakin. Is this before Anakin? Is this well, a trick? Do we think this could be a complete trick? I think a trick is very likely some some illusion of sorts here. Um, I do like that you brought up though the three different segments of Anakin because maybe this is maybe this isn't even just like a singular point of time Anakin. This is a transcendence of Anakin. So we could see some really crazy things at maybe. play here. He does say, "I didn't expect you to see here so soon." Mm. Right, which makes it sound like she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're like, holy that's shit! True. You died way younger than I was hoping. Welcome, but to she, but she knows <laughs> but, she's not dead because she's actually been in this exact same spot twenty years ago. Yeah, right. This is true. When Darth Vader tried to kill her. True. That's right. I watched a recap video. Um, <laughs> but, so here's a theory about Anakin right here. What if this is Anakin episode three? He just found out that Padme is about to die. He's right on the precipice of Vader and he goes mm. searching for his young Padawan because he needs help. Obi-Wan is no longer willing to help oh. him. He's looking for someone he can trust, someone who's powerful enough to help him save the love of his life. Oh my he gosh. goes searching for Ahsoka to bring her into episode three. I mean, that's that's a Jamie. great theory. I don't know. They would have to explain a lot. And well, that, that's why we help. got 51 yeah, minutes. Help, help. Give the 40 man minutes of explanation. Kobe, give Shaq the assist. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me, Kobe. Assisting to Shaq. Dunk. Okay. Uh, Kobe doesn't pass the ball. Um, Jamie, I like what you're talking about because in episode three, we see Anakin having these force visions. We see him writhing in pain at night because we can't quite figure out what his destiny is, what the destiny of Padme is, and that's what he's searching for. So that could be a great reason for him to connect mm. to a place outside of time and space to find those answers. The and visions then, is interesting. I, I do like that, Chris. That is very interesting. Are definitely the part of it. And then you sparked another idea for me. This is something that we refrain from talking about simply because it's very rebel specific. But now that we have seen the world between worlds, I feel like this is valid to bring up. Uh, by the way, Palpatine also had access to the world between worlds at one point. Somehow like, Palpatine had like, access. Somehow Palpatine had what access. What if it's Palpatine? Oh, <laughs> Well, so that's what I'm curious about. So if He's we alive. are getting if we're getting a pre-Vader Anakin that's in search of air, answers, and we're also getting that time period where we're talking like episode three, does Palpatine have something to do with this? Like he always does. Ooh, and then, Jamie, without and then knowing this explains, much about rebels in the world between worlds, you have really opened up a line of talking here. And, and then this explains somehow he returned. This is it. <laughs> this is the answer. They finally solved it. 
Can oh. I can I throw out one other theory? We don't have to go into it too much, but I just want to put it out here so when I'm right, I can state it on next episode. Sure. This Anakin Skywalker is not Anakin Skywalker. This is one of the Force beings from the planet Mortis. Ah, um, okay. Oh, could it be the, uh, the, the, brother? the brother? Yeah, the brother, yeah. the sister, that, the there father. There was three, yep. j- just for the, the audience, there's three Force beings, the, the sister, the brother, and the father. The sister is the light side, <clears throat> embodies the light side of the force. The brother embodies the dark side of the force. Ahsoka dies in this arc <laughs> in Clone Wars. This is, is this a is this, this a, is third this is spoilers. Death? She but she dies. Necessary. Necessary and spoilers. The, and the sister sacrifices herself to bring her back to life. And from well, we've seen the owl that's been trailing behind Ahsoka for all these years. That's Morai. That's actually the sister's like familiar or companion. So Ahsoka is being tricked by the brother who is the dark side of the force who looks like Anakin Skywalker in this moment. And there is going to be an epic battle in the world mm. between worlds next episode. Let's throw it out there because it's probably a right. little sibling rivalry in space heaven. I can't wait in space heaven. Yeah, there's about to be a lot of a lot of magic going on in the next couple episodes. So I am. Yeah. I'm buckling in because we're going hyper, hyper, hyper speed. Hyper and we're speed. See Ezra and Thrawn and the brother in one episode. This is going to be and incredible. Bionic Kanan. This is crazy. Nope, nope. Get him out of here. Who let him back in? <laughs> Here's my theory. Merrick is Yoda. <laughs> there was green gas that came out of him when he died, and everybody knows that when Yoda dies, he farts a lot. Confirmed. That's facts, actually. <laughs> mm. I mean, could be Yaddle. When you die, you do defecate. So, <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Could be Yaddle. R.I.P. Yaddle. Yeah. R.I.P. Yaddle. Yeah. Is it Grogu? Oh my God. It's it not better Grogu. not be. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Do have a question for you guys? Yes. I forget who was saying this, but last week maybe it was Andy uh, was saying that if we don't make it to the galaxy far, 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 far away this mm. episode, you're going to be a little upset. Mm. I guess we have I begun the transit. So but are you okay with how this episode ended, even though we didn't make it to a different galaxy? This was perfect. We are halfway through the season, and we're about to get a 51-minute episode as they're going into hyperspace to the other galaxy. Like, that means we're going to see Thrawn in this season, not just the last episode. Like, I'm hoping that, you know, Chris, you wanted this. You said on episode one or episode two review, I just want 10% more. And this episode was 10% more in action, in good dialogue, yes. in lore building, in the mysticism of Star Wars. And if they keep this up, well, then this season could rival an Andor, a Mandalorian season one. I don't think it's there right now. I don't, you know, it really needs to finish the landing. We've seen so many bad Marvel series endings, but I think they can do, do it. You, because do you have any off the top it. of your head? Just, you can <laughs> name one. It. Do not Just, have we said Have we said Secret Invasion yet this episode? <laughs> that word is banned from the Hoopla podcast in perpetuity. No one can say the word go, secret go back and, or the word back invasion and listen to those ever reviews. again. Great reviews. Great reviews. Great reviews. <laughs> terrible show. I do have a question for you guys. Uh, I want to take it over to our our boy Jakey boy over here with this question. Mm. Sabine in this episode sacrifices potentially the whole galaxy (laughs) in order to save her friend. 
Brand. How do you think Ezra is going to react when he mm. finds out what Sabine has done? We've seen Ezra touch on dark sides, dark moments of the Force. Uh, Ezra can become very infuriated with certain things. I do think he would respond pretty negatively to this decision. Um, but they do have a very significant relationship. Uh, if I had to pick one, he's going to be upset. Had to pick one. Jake, what are we going to see from Ezra when we get there? Like, what are you expecting? What are you expecting? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the Uno reverse card because your, your take <laughs> is going to be far more interesting than mine. I, I mean, I'm kind of expecting no one is going to, like, we're going to get there and Ezra is allied with Thrawn or something similar to that, fending off another force. Mm. The only reason I say that is because in, you know, what we know about Thrawn's character, he thinks he's doing the right thing. He's trying to save the galaxy in his own way from the enemies of certain people, and he's scared of something in the Outer Rim. So maybe we're going to find that we have to ally with Thrawn. Ezra has been with him for the past 10 years, but they're working mm. together. That could be an interesting four final four episodes. That's a good take. Chris? Okay. Well, with that in mind, I will also play an Uno reverse card mm. and open the question to a roundtable here. We're halfway through Ahsoka season one. Hopefully there's five more seasons to come because I'm really enjoying it, but we're halfway there's not, it's a mini right series. now. <laughs> we're halfway right now. <laughs> How does the next episode open? Because what I really liked about the opening of this particular episode is that it picked up right where the action left off. That was fun. I mean, it was we were we were on the same planet, we were talking to the same people, we had the same problems, same goals, same everything. It was great. I have a feeling that the next episode opens without any characters that have been on screen before and perhaps we get an Ezra Thrawn opening I love that. to kind of fill Dang, us in. Yes. That is a good theory. I was just about to say mm. I know exactly what the first shot of the episode is, but you changed my mind. I, I think Ooh. that's a very good guess. that Well, well have, this is like, a roundtable discussion, and just because my answer's right doesn't mean that we can't get others. I think you're right, though. I think we get like a five to seven minute scene of Ezra and Thrawn in this galaxy far, 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 far away. My guess for what the opening of this next episode was, the exact shot, close up Ahsoka's face. Hmm. And we hear Anakin speaking to her, but we don't see him. We just see the close up on Ahsoka's face as she is surprised scared, happy, confused, reacting to Anakin beginning to describe this world between worlds that they're in as we then pull away from Ahsoka's face a little bit to get a, a larger view of this beautiful, like, geometric, mm -hmm. wibbly-wobbly stuff. My desktop <laughs> background. And then we get just a, a conversation scene between Ahsoka and Anakin. But that's exactly how the next episode should start. Yeah. So I had a very similar take, but I think we're actually going to have flashbacks, uh, live action flashbacks of Ahsoka and Anakin when mm. he was training her. Cause That's a good that, guess, too. Because that context needs to be placed for the general audience, for people to understand what the significance of this relationship is. Good point. They have... No one... I mean, just generally... People don't really understand the significance of of her being yeah. the apprentice. The, I mean, there's so much lore there. 
There's so much content. Well, I think you're right. I do think that the scene be- before the Balin fight actually did a pretty good job about it. Now, he was obviously just trying to antagonize her and right. get her going. Right. But he said, you know, you, you abandoned your former master and then he abandoned you. How does that make you feel? And she was like, I'm not here to discuss my past. So there, that connection was made right there. But sure. you're absolutely right. That is a very valid guess. Because we could need a little bit more if we're going to introduce Anakin to this series. Mm -hmm. I like that too, Jake, because she's Rosario Dawson plays this character as such a stoic uh, entity, Mm -hmm. right? Like she She does such a good job. When we see her when she's younger, she's full of joy and energetic and and happy. And seeing that version played live action by Ashley Eckstein would be insane. Chris, Ooh. what do you think about that? What that's do you think about that? Great that's guess. very interesting. That oh, is very man. interesting. Who is the voice actor because for Ahsoka in the animated series? It's because she has been vocal on social media. I don't know if you guys have been sort of paying attention to that Absolutely. realm of things, but yes, yeah, she has been Follow vocal. her on X. <laughs> Follow her on X. Yeah, that'd be a good guess, too. I don't know. Lots of potential. But I think the fact that we're talking about it and we're excited about all of our possible guesses is speaks to the nature of the show and how well it's going so far. Yeah, I'm excited that we'll have uh, the earliest ever hoopla confirmations when we start the next episode. Mm, Usually we have our theories that are more vague, but to have a theory about the very first scene of the episode, I like that. It's going to be fun. We got to go to a theater, guys. We got to buy our that tickets. Could. This cold open of Hu Yang just beaten up on some other <laughs> droids is going to be beautiful. I'm excited. It's just 15 minutes of Hu Yang finishing the ship. He's like, by the way, it's uh, done now. So come back, please. <laughs> We've talked about a lot, and there's maybe a couple more things to talk about. Before we get into anything else, and of course our closing statements, I want to take a bit of a step back and just shout out some of the crew that's been involved with this show, uh, specifically highlighting the fights, styles, the coordination that's happened, uh, and even more specifically within this episode, which I thought was possibly the best fighting that we've seen in Star Wars in a long, long time. Uh, there's far too many people involved with this, but stunt coordinator J.J. Dashna, uh, stunts uh, advisor Jimmy Hart, Matt Leonard, Michelle Lee, who is the Ahsoka stunt devil, who has been involved with many, many projects, uh, including also in the Marvel Universe for lots of things. And then a, a special shout-out, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are involved with this, but Matthew Waltz, who's the fixtures technician for all the lightsaber tech, uh, the Ooh, lightsabers look mm, phenomenal. They look so good. And yeah. to be able to see the live action fighting that is more akin to what we've seen kind of in Clone Wars and Rebels, more sporadic and more, you know, wild and actual, to see it come to Different life colors, is yeah. just a testament to uh, everyone behind the scenes, you know. And, and to see... You know, Balin's skull wielding his lightsaber like it's a great sword that weighs yes. 50 yes. pounds. Oh, oh my Just God. the yeah. heaviest so cool. hits so with that thing. And that all, you know, at the end of the day, that's the actor choosing to portray, you know, what, what they want to do. But it's the people behind the scenes that, that make that shine. So all props to the stunt team, the crew, and uh, special effects blocks. team as well. That's a hoopla. Hoopla. That's a hoopla. I'll hoopla out of that. That's a crew hoopla right there. You've get, you're giving shout outs, Chris. Peter Ramsey directed this episode, mm. and he is of Into the Spider Verse fame. This is his first. Um. This is his first episode in Star Wars, and I think I think he nailed it from a directing perspective. 
Sure. Uh, I love to see. I, I think Star Wars has done a really good job of finding really good directors like Taika Waititi to to come into their universe for little small, you know, bite sized, you know, episodes. And that Bryce Dallas Howard, Peter yep. Ramsey, right in line. I thought that was just a wonderfully directed episode. Yeah. Great call out there. Um, do we have any gripes? <laughs> We've been talking a lot of praise for 50 some odd minutes here. My initial gripe <laughs> was that I thought Sabine was a bit out of character with her just passing over the map. But upon a second rewatch, I, I did. It is, you know, her last family. She just saw Ahsoka die. Yeah. And they set it up. But at the same time, I, I want more from Sabine. We've seen her like take on the empire alone and find ways around you know to trick the empire they she could have tricked balin's skull and maybe that's the long con maybe that's what i'm wondering that's that's a little that's a little uh, she's putting the galaxy at risk just for ezra (laughs) who i love ezra but we got you got to move on If I have to have one gripe of the episode, I almost feel like this is a segment for me at this point. I have, I have to have one gripe Jake's of the episode. Jake's golden gripe. <laughs> okay. We could give you a segment. The yeah. golden gripe of the, the go- episode. The golden gripe. Welcome to the golden gripe. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Uh, <laughs> so we have Ahsoka. We have Balin. They're battling it out. They're, at any moment, Ahsoka could have forced pushed the map into the ocean yeah at any point i i don't know if there was some forced shield or barrier she didn't know that was gonna happen but she didn't know she her hand was gonna catch on fire or whatever happened or even prior to that she could have just force pushed it like right into the ocean and then that would have solved all the issues but then it would have been in in the world between worlds and then who knows what the fuck would have happened there so (laughs) this is crazy i mean i just think that that was a little overlook from a directing standpoint but otherwise I, I enjoyed bombed that thing to center field <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out of the it stadium up <laughs> got can i get the biggest if, nitpick of all time because chris you're you're gonna have a good gripe i can see and welcome to andy's nitpick corner <laughs> I, the biggest nitpick, nitpick of all time Rosario Dawson crosses her arms too many times in every single scene. Oh, she does. There's a cross, like, there, I've seen online. You're just there's jealous a, of her fucking biceps, dude. There's a crossing the arms counter. <laughs> no. Like, yes, there is. That's such an online thing. But at it the same time, she, d- she does cross her arms. Now you're going to look at it yeah. and you're going to be like, wow, she just crossed her it. arms again. She, <laughs> oh, just, she just crossed her arms again. She's going to be in the world between worlds. See Anakin? Happy? <laughs> i wonder if that's attributed to her con costume in some way i mean maybe it's like a, a centering balance thing she's got this giant prosthetic it, on her head uh, it was really cool when she did it in the mando it was like oh she's like very yeah. kind of stoic and and, and ahsoka does do that in animation sure, right sure. but but from like a body language perspective in in the world of acting like this is a situation where she's at, she's closed off and that makes sense with ahsoka's character given the bullshit that she's been through that she's True. not willing to be trusting and she's not willing to be open to anyone because she can't trust anyone so 
Keep crossing your arms, Rosario Dawson. You're doing it. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, Keep crossing that's why it's arms. the biggest nitpick of all time. Like I'm it's not nitpicky, gonna, but I understand but, where you're coming But you know from. what? I'm gonna, you're going to look at everyone on this pod. You're going to look at it next episode <laughs> when she crosses her arms. I can't stop oh, looking at it, dude. Her arms are fucking jacked. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will come in with a less nitpicky gripe. And I'm not upset about it, but it was less than perfect as far as the storyline was kind of thrust forwards in some uh, less than rational ways, specifically with um, the the first fight scene or the second fight scene we had where it was Shin and Sabine fighting each other and then Ahsoka kills uh, Cyborg Kanan. Hell yeah, let's go, baby! Let's go! <laughs> she looks over at Shin and Sabine mm. and she could have just force blasted shin into a tree and then have sabine run um and then again the same thing with like she could have done something else to get the map off of the pedestal and instead of just directly fighting with balan's skull um there were things like that where it's like this there would be better ways to go about solving the problem if this was Mm -hmm. what your goal actually was but from a storytelling perspective sometimes you can't just do the exact rational thing that a character would do in order to have the story as a whole come together the way it did. And my God, did it come together nicely at the end of this episode. Sure did, sure did. So that's a minor gripe, but we got to end this episode on some happier notes, my friends. So as we end every episode of the Hoopla podcast, of course, we got to give it a rating. For Holocron Hoopla, we're going on a scale of one to order 66. Shout out to Anakin. <laughs> C3PIO, what did you think of this episode? Scale of 1 to Order 66. And what are you most looking forward to for this next episode? Uh, in reverse order of what you asked, I'm most looking forward to actually being correct about my opening shot theory. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think you are. I really my money's on correct. Chris. I I think that would be great. Uh, I did hear your other theories, and all of those would also be great. And I guess in a broader conceptual sense, that's what I'm most excited for. Any of those theories would bring me excitement versus when we were talking about that show that shall not be named that we did a couple weeks back. Any of the possible outcomes could have been terrible, and turns out that the one they went with kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, kind of? <laughs> uh, it definitely was. Uh, but on. we're not talking about that. We're in a galaxy yeah, far, 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 far away. Uh, should, should it just be seven for the seven hyperdrives? Far, 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 far. That's, <laughs> that'll be our bit. Uh, so that's what I'm most looking forward to. As far as the rating goes, Andy, you said it. What I was looking for from the show was was 10% more, uh, 10% more combat, 10% more dialogue. Just give me that little 10% more. I feel like this episode gave us 50% more. I mean, they took Mm -hmm. everything that we love about classic Star Wars. They took everything that I love about Clone Wars and Rebels and amplified it. Not to mention they threw in these beautiful effects as well as stunt coordination. We got a little bit of everything. We got the light side. We got the dark side. We got a cameo, which actually made sense. Who knows if it's going to make sense in the future, but, every, <laughs> but for now, everything was here. And fellas, I'm going to do it. No. For the first time on the Hoopa podcast, I am giving this episode a perfect score of 66 oh, out of 66. I, you can nitpick, you what? can find a gripe or two. I do not think that there is a Hoopla. better episode in the catalog. And the fact that we still have four more 
makes me very excited for what's to come. I am doing it. I am giving my first ever 66 out of 66 on the Hoopla oh podcast. God. I think it's this a historic episode day. was as perfect as you could possibly make it. Incredible. Wow. That's high praise. Wow. That's what a way to start off the ratings. Jake, I'm sorry, but you got to follow that up. Seriously. <laughs> I was kind of hoping saying? I was going to go last. I will not follow up numerically, <laughs> but I will follow up sequentially. Um, so here we go. Uh, I greatly enjoyed this episode. Um, I did think the lightsaber battling, actually for me, was slightly redundant if I'm adding another gripe. Um, and in that uh, second gripe to that, Jason being brought to a space battle. What are you doing with your child? I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Ooh, we didn't talk about Hera. Okay, okay. 65 <laughs> out of 66. <laughs> don't take your child into that battle. Yeah, that I, I didn't quite understand but that. But what is she supposed to just leave him with the senators as she's breaking the law? Yeah, uh, you know. Leave him with the star has, fleet, I guess the has most, to be a the, good prideful example of a mother. place but, in the galaxy. But oh. anyhow. <laughs> anyhow. Remind me to tell you my theory after Jake finished. Certainly. Okay. Uh, but all that to say, I greatly enjoyed how they expanded the map sequence. We had these incredible Ooh. visuals with the combat. Um, I am definitely excited to see how they've set this up foundationally for the second half of the season. I think in terms of a mid-season episode, they did mm. an outstanding job sort of you know laying the groundwork for what's to come um for the world between worlds for the world that's way off in the distance that we're getting yeah, to pretty soon beyond so i don't know space I'm, whales space whales i i was hoping to see maybe one or two this episode but we'll see more in the future i guarantee you. i i bet my money on it i'll bet some credits on it but anyhow I'm going to give this episode a solid 60 out of 66. I think it well earned that 60 threshold. Um, what's to come will be even better. I did not know next episode was to be projected in theaters. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy. All right. That's my take. Uh, yeah. Well, well done, Peter Rams. Incredible. I love it. All right. Andy, bring it on. Oh, man. How, the, the joy. That is uh that that's coming from the hoopla croupla is just intense and I love it. I mean, what else can I say? I'm always the homer for the music. And once again, I'm okay. gonna say every single review, Kevin Kiner is the future John Williams for Star Wars. Outside of that, love the episode from start to finish. It was a great time. Love the world between worlds. <laughs> world between worlds. I would say that the Hera, I want more Hera in these episodes. Yeah. It needs, it. that character is so important to the the Rebels uh, squadron mm, or nice. just the, the team, you know, the team themselves. Um, so that is another gripe that I think we, we could lay out here. I'm just going to get a 59 out of 66. Ooh, I mean, that's a heck pretty of good. a... Pretty good. That's pretty that's good. That's better than like... That's better than like three Andor episodes because the rest of the Andor episodes were almost perfect scores. Yes, that is true. That is true. Andor is so good. Hey, I'm excited. We should do an Andor rewatch. We should. We should. Chris, for the first time in Hoopla history, maybe having the highest rating of all of us. Wow, incredible! I'm gonna give it a a a nice high rating. I'm gonna go with the 60 out of 66 as well. Hoopla, as Jakey boy. Hoopla, just great episode all around. Really enjoyed it. Um. But I do have a theory that I mentioned a moment ago, which has to do with Hera bringing her son along to this dangerous, dangerous Ooh. mission. Uh. I mentioned last week that we have a split party situation coming up. And now the party split Ooh, even further. It. Sabine is in a galaxy far, 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 far away. 
Ahsoka is in the world between worlds, and now Hera and Hu Yang, they'll team up at some point. True. They're stuck here and Carson with no Tema. way. And Carson, mm. good cameo. Nice, great cameo, they, great cameo. Shout out to that guy. Um, <laughs> they're stuck here with no Sabine, no Ahsoka. What are they going to do? They're going to hitch a ride on the whales. Oh, How are they going to yeah. do that, you ask? Yeah. No one's force sensitive except, except Jason. Jason, Jason, Jason is force sensitive, oh. is going to yes. communicate with the space whales to take Hera, Hu Yang, and... I guess they have That's a couple a friends theory. left to a galaxy far, 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 far away. Great theory. But 60 beautiful. out of 66. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, I'm going to just let it go. I'm not going to say it, but yeah, that's, I like that theory. I like that theory. I'm going to just clap for it. Mm -mm. I have a bad feeling. I was like, you almost said it. Oh, wait, I forgot. Yeah. Take it, take it, take it he down, He has to mature take into that line. 58 out of 66. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. I blocked yeah. that line out. Yeah. That was awful. That was probably the worst line of the whole episode. It wasn't Jason's fault. That, uh, uh, Either I have a bad feeling. Either do the exact line or don't do it at all. My tum tum hurts. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I, I liked it. Can I we pull it. over? I want McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with that, it's time for us to go get some McDonald's. Thank you all for tuning into this episode <laughs> of Holocron Hoopla. Be sure to tune in next week because it is sure to be an incredible cinematic masterpiece of an episode directed and written by Dave Filoni. It's going to be golden. It's going to be magical. I can't wait. Uh, go ahead and follow us on all the, the X's, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the TikToks, all that good stuff. But of course, as we end every episode of the Hoopla podcast, it is now time for the moment of highest Hoopla. I expect a good one this week. It's the quote of the episode. What do you got for us, Andy? Jamie, as Balin Skull said, everyone in the Order knew Anakin Skywalker. Few would live to see what he became. Surely that must leave a mark. Is that why you walked away? Abandoned him? 